the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF, 919-860-9783. We're going to hear from the State Farmers Market in Raleigh coming up on WPTF. Uh, Mike Rayley here along with Ann Clapp and Rufus Edmonston and Gerald Adams. Gerald, uh, there's two uh, questions. Henry's, Henry's question, yeah, he had a uh, couple of them. First off, Nut Sedge, you've got to use a special herbicide for it. There's a product called a Sedge Hammer mm-hmm. that works great on it, particularly if it's yellow Nut Sedge. There's a purple Nut Sedge that's not so much purple. Yeah. So if you have any doubt, just Google it. You can tell from the shape of the blades and all. If you've got purple Nut Sedge, then you probably n- need to move to a herbicide called Image. It will kill either one where the sedge hammer works much better on the yellow. And generally speaking, yellow is probably 85% of the nut sedge that you see in the triangle area. Now, how do you apply you spray. this product? It's a spray. You, you'll mix and spray it. The sedge hammer comes in a little bottle with a quarter teaspoon spoon that you, you mix to a gallon and you spray it on it. And it usually, if it's especially healthy, and by that I mean really tall, nut grass and is spread a lot, you may have to spray it twice because what you'll see is sometimes the little nuts in there will keep sprouting. So you, what you spray it on, usually it will kill, but I have sometimes had to go back and spray a few of the clumps two times. He has Bermuda, I think he said. He's very proud of that Bermuda grass. Right. Won't so. hurt the, it will not hurt the Bermuda grass. Now he shouldn't, she'd probably not spray it on a hot day. Uh, I would, if you, he said, mentioned something about in her shrubs. So if it's just in a mulch bed, uh, I would, I wouldn't worry about the heat, the hotter, the better, the easier to okay. kill it. But if you were spraying it in a lawn, then I most certainly will try to catch a day where maybe it was yeah. 85. Yeah. Not Hopefully 90. That, that Bermuda, that's one good thing about right. Bermuda. It chokes out most things. Now he's, he's proud of, of the look of the, and you know, it, it's, it's like a carpet, that Bermuda. So he doesn't want those hills. You've got two things. <laughs> for molds. I, I am not familiar with the product that he bought. So yeah. I don't know if it was a spray. I don't know if it was a deterrent for the moles, which don't work particularly well. If you've got moles, you've got grubs. So you've got to kill the grubs to make the moles go away. Now you can put out, you can spray, you can put out granular insecticides to kill the moles. Um, but you have to keep the kids and the dogs. You would have to keep off them of off of it. There are fertilizers you can buy that have insecticides like Dilox in them, where you just put out the fertilizer and the insecticide too. 
many people find that the organic way using milky spore. Yeah, that's what I've done. Uh, is the best to do. The, the milky spore, the issue with it is you literally are putting a spoonful every so many feet, like making a grid. So yeah. I don't know the size of his yard. If you had a right. you know, half acre or acre of Bermuda, then that might be a little problematic and would be a little pricey because that sure. stuff is – is it's not cheap, but if you had a smaller yard, uh, it would be easier to apply, and the cost wouldn't be so bad. But it, I've seen it last up to ten years, keeping the grubs away. And if there's no grubs, there won't be any molds. Right, and I've seen it in uh, granular form. I, I don't know if they still make it, but uh, most uh, of its existence has been in a container a small container and you'd have to use the basically a teaspoon that's level. right it, it tells you it's got good instructions on there and I, I can't remember if it's a foot apart or two foot apart but you literally are dropping <coughs> a spoonful like right. you were making tedious. a tic-tac-toe board right uh, from there so that is a little tedious but for something that would work for 10 years yeah. There are not many things you can do that last for And it would long. be non-toxic for your dog That's and, right. and Pets, grandchildren, anything. children, so forth. Uh, it is a bacteria that messes will, up the grub's digestive system, and right. that's all. And they all pass sure. it along to the next grub and so well, forth. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how a spray would get down to where you would, it would deter the grub. Well, the, if you could, the, there, there are the some sprays uh, that you could put on there, and it would have to be watered in, yeah. either by irrigation yeah. or catch a rainfall that washes it down there to them. That's essentially how the granular insecticide works. You put it out on the top of the lawn, and once it gets wet, it works its way down to where they're at. I have not had good success with the deterrents. Uh, that run the moles away. It's like uh, everyone else. You do away with the food source, then they got to go somewhere else. Yeah. And that's essentially getting rid of the grubs is what, what, what you need to do, and that, that will solve the problem. Of course, now, when you have a yard like mine full of clover, you don't mind the grubs. You, you don't mind the moles. They're aerating for you. They're aerating. <laughs> Let's uh, quickly take Paul. He's been waiting a while before we get to Sam McKeever. Uh, Paul uh, is in Wendell. Good morning. How can we help you? Good morning, everybody. Yes, sir. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. I just had, I, I called earlier in the year, and uh, my fig tree had kind of got frosted, and the little blooms were uh, all frozen, and you guys told me that it would come back. I just had my first fig off my tree. Oh, Good great. for you. I, you know, it's it's. I've heard different stories this year about about figs some are having great crops rufus how are yours mine mine are just got a great a great couple figs yesterday they've been at a standstill but they had the same thing and they always come back you, it's hard to kill a fig tree yeah in fact i have fig tree growing right now that i got from gerald when he was running the the mansion's fig tree <laughs> me too i planted it in the wrong place but i have it <laughs> Uh, the, the the one thing I will point out from that, sometimes if you get a dieback, it's one thing to get them have a late frost and it knocks knocks them back a little bit. Sometimes putting some slow-release fertilizer around them will speed up the growth coming out for that summer. And, of course, the more growth, usually the more figs because they produce figs on new growth. So a couple of weeks ago, I, I – uh remember Rufus saying something about that he had never been disbarred, which is a really good thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boy, that was random, as I say. Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I got a question for you, Rufus. 
if a lawyer gets disbarred and a priest gets defrocked, does an electrician get delighted? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. That, we, we got a guy named Richard that usually comes up with jokes yeah, like that. That's a, that's a good one. We, we, don't, we don't need a, a bunch of comedians here, Paul. <laughs> So does a cowboy get deranged? <laughs> Come on, keep going. I love it. Let's hear another one. <laughs> yeah, that's about all. I'm oh, that's doing. great, Paul. Thank you. Great way to end that call. Uh, <laughs> did we get in everything you wanted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's okay. Um, you know, my tomatoes are about done for the year, but yeah. I had a pretty good crop, man. I've, I've supplied Roma tomatoes to people at work for Wonderful. a month. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, uh, be sure and send us some some fig preserves. <laughs> Actually, I did get some fig uh, fig preserves down at Ocracoke. I traded them for some tomatoes. Yeah. When I was down there last week, so. Very good. All right. Thank good you, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Bye. Bye. Sam McKeever is the manager of the State Farmers Market. Morning, Sam. Good morning. How are y'all? We're doing very. I, you know, I think all of us. I can speak for all. We're doing really well. So do you have uh, more than one fig tree out at your place? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, like I said, uh, you, y'all said earlier you couldn't kill a fig tree, but I'm, I, I can disprove that. Oh. <laughs> Come on, man. You're a horticulturist, yeah, too. Yeah, it's a shame to, to, to say it. Um, but, yeah, so uh, but we, we, we'll, we'll try again. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sam, how are you doing with that new fame you got? I saw that, that TV uh, section the other night on Spectrum TV. Fantastic. Oh, was it? Uh, yeah, I, I yeah but there you were, uh, just in, in the in the flesh. Yeah, uh, Assistant Commissioner uh, Sandy Stewart and, and myself and some of the market vendors talking about the market. So, I who to, who was the gentleman with you? Uh, Sandy Stewart. He's the Assistant Commissioner. Right, right. So, uh, so he's, does he oversee the farmers' markets? He's actually, a doctor. So, does he does he oversee the farmers' markets? He does. He that's part of his uh he's over several divisions and and marketing which we're in is right. one of the divisions he, he's very good okay uh so uh, you have uh what variety of peaches right now i'm sure you have uh, several got, uh sweet sue o henry o henry uh white lady and alberta which is, is a very popular yes mm-hmm. by the way i find that uh alberta is is a little sweeter and better than o henry right I know we have a lot of calls about Alberta peaches. We sure do. Mm-hmm. Famous variety. Yeah. It really is. So you have peaches. Uh, any other fruits? Yeah. Uh, grapes are starting to come in. Uh, How about that? Grapes. Ooh, that's, that's uh, fall-like, isn't it? It sure is. Uh, I, w- I was just sitting here uh, talking, thinking about apples. You know, it probably is a little bit later in the next week or two, we'll start having some a new crop of apples starting to come in as well. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of getting into that fall feel, which I'll tell you what, the past few days ain't felt like fall at all. No, but ne- <laughs> next week will be a little cooler. Yeah, I think we're going to get some nicer, cooler weather next week. So I'll, be, I'll look forward to that. And maybe some rain. Have yeah. you all had much rain out of the market or at your farm? It's dry. It is yeah. real dry. So a lot of irrigating right now for the farmers? Yeah, the ones that do, uh, they're doing a lot of irrigating, uh, and I know the ones that don't are, are, are way, <laughs> can't wait for some rain next week, mm-hmm. or maybe possibly tomorrow. Yeah. Well, you got, uh, so no no uh, fresh apples right now. Not yet, but uh, like I said, I'm expecting the next, possibly next weekend we might have some. So, Very uh, good. You got those early varieties like uh, Ginger Gold and Honeycrisp and Gala that uh, usually start 
later in August. Where do they come from normally? Around Hendersonville. I know we got okay. one of our yeah, that's our a mecca from Taylorsville. So mm-hmm. that that area south of Asheville, um, not really well known for growing apples. Yeah, I like the hard tart Me too. varieties, like Arkansas Black right, and yeah. the Stamens best. I think. Yep. So uh, they're a little later. That's right. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, head for the vegetables. My favorite are the uh, peas and I was going to say fatback, but the peas and the, and the butter beans. <laughs> well, we got plenty of those out here this morning. They got those already shelled for you. They took all the work out for you. That's a good thing too. My <laughs> wife made some some bla- uh, uh, Crowder peas, uh, some Dixie Lees, and uh, ham, country ham, and biscuits mm. the other night. My son was over. He likes that a lot. And uh, who doesn't? Now, I'm the one that's supposed to be making y'all hungry. and y'all, you... <laughs> <laughs> We're trying. Yeah, I mean, that's I could eat that. Uh, I could eat that for breakfast. That's right. So uh, what what do you, do you have uh, butter, beans, and peas right on? Butter, beans, and peas. Uh, we got, I see, watermelons and cantaloupes right now. Uh, plenty of tomatoes, squash, cucumbers, um, sweet corn. And they can shuck that for you, too, if you want. Um Hot and sweet peppers, okra, red and white potatoes, see eggplant, broccoli, cauliflower, um, all kinds of greens, kale, mustard, spinach, turnips. Uh, of course, sweet potatoes are a staple out here year-round. Uh, onions, carrots, uh, peanuts are starting to come in, uh, fresh mm-hmm. peanuts, uh, green peanuts. Uh, y'all were talking about figs earlier. Uh, we got, uh, I know one of our vendors wanted me to point out they had some, some fresh figs this morning. So uh, we got Oh, wonderful. Uh, garlic, ginger. Uh, we still have some uh, blackberries and blueberries coming in. Uh, of course, uh, cabbage and lettuce. Wow. I'm going to have to go out there and get some because I, I didn't have great crop this year. Yep. I don't know how many I'm going to have. I'll have to go out to the farmer's market and get some. I'm glad to know they're available. Yeah. And right. Of course, we still got... Uh, Several of our plant vendors are here this summer uh, with uh, got a lot of fruit trees and bushes, um, and they do sell fig trees, so I might have to visit them next month. Uh, see uh, tr- a lot of trees and shrubs, uh, some beautiful crepe myrtles and hibiscus and hydrangeas uh, blooming right now, uh, a lot of herbs and perennials, uh, hanging baskets, a ca- a cactus, succulents, uh, aquatic plants. Uh, and, when, and of course, we always have some beautiful cut flowers out here. Uh, so, and they, they do some nice bouquets and things like that as well. All right, that's uh, that's always nice to know. I, the uh, so you don't have a lot of plant vendors right now. No, it's about but they'll be they'll, some of them will be coming back. I guess when it cools off a little bit. That's right. Yeah, when, about mid September. You know, it's hard, and that's it's hard to believe when you start talking about pumpkins. Um, but yeah, mid-September, uh, later in September, a lot of the, uh, the, uh, plant vendors will come back, but, you know, of course, fall's a great time for planting and, uh, they'll have things like mums and pansies for winter crop stuff, uh, and fall, fall, fall color. And, uh, so yeah, that, that's hard to believe that's, that's, that's coming right around the corner. Well, if you drive up to Sparta this afternoon, you'll see fields of pumpkins. That, that is right. Right now. Uh, they grow a lot of them up there, and uh, so yeah, if you ever get to go to Sparta in the fall, that's, that's a great trip. Uh, sure is wonderful place, great people too. Uh, up in the market shops, the old country store. Mm. Well, we got all kinds of good stuff up there. Great, yeah, uh, great baked good items, uh, uh, breads, cakes, pastries. Um, North Carolina farm raised meats, eggs, cheeses. 
uh, jams and jellies. You have three, two, one coffee. You've got local seafood, bringing in seafood from the uh, coast of North Carolina. Um, uh, baskets, uh, gift baskets, uh, hand soaps and lotions. Uh, you got uh, Chatham Hill Winery. Um, see what am I? Uh, you got the uh, North Carolina hammocks, and they have a lot of great outdoor furniture and things as well there. Um, and then, of course, you got the Market Grill. You can get you some uh, some walking around food. Uh, got breakfast. Uh, they got sandwiches, hot dogs. Uh, what kind of hot dog do they have? Uh, they got <laughs> a dog up there that's pretty good. It's called a Rufus dog. Rufus dog, of course. Rufus and, and the shrimp dog. It's, it's, Try that sometime. It's quite popular. So That's a Rusefus dog. That's right. <laughs> And of course, uh, we got two other great eat- eating establishments out here. You got the uh, North Carolina Seafood Restaurant, great seafood, give you plenty to eat. Mm-hmm. They open up at 11 a.m. and close at 7 p.m. Do they still have the crab cake sandwich there? You know, I'm gonna have to check on that. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, I don't know that I saw it on the menu. Getting stuff in, uh, which I've heard data from a lot of folks uh, here lately about shipping and things, trying to get get product, and it's been tough. So, I'm sure it is. Uh, I'll have to check on that one for you. Yeah, please do. And and the farmers market restaurant, boy, I talked about Melissa's biscuits. If you want a a big biscuit, I don't. I swear they must use lard for those biscuits because they are so good. Yeah, I've I've actually sat back there and watched, trying to take notes. But no, it seems to be uh, they have a lady that works back there. She she makes the biscuits, uh, and she they say nobody else can do them like she can, but she does an awesome job. It's an I art. Can't make, I can't make them like her either. So no, you um, you you tend to want to knead them too, knead the dough too much. Yeah, but she she, she does an outstanding job. Yeah. So. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm-mm. But uh, they uh, of course the farmers market restaurant they <laughs> at six and close at three. Great country cooking, um, and they they serve breakfast right up to three p.m. when they close. Yeah, very good. And uh, the folks at Superside have been doing a booming business this year. I'm sure. They have, and they, they keep the trucks rolling in with uh, pallets of sod. And then, like I said, just right around the corner, uh, September's kind of a fescue season uh, cool for cool season grasses, and they're probably doing a lot of Bermuda and Zoysia and centipede right now. You can probably, Jerry, you can still put out sod for the warm season grasses. Yes, you, you, you're getting a little late for it, but it's better to put it out. you still got time to get it rooted, and that's really the only critical mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So, uh, and also market imports. That's right, uh. Really neat place. I was just out talking to Dan, the owner at Market Imports. Um, he was telling me they're having some sh- shipping troubles too. So every that seems mm. to be going around. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the great place. A uh, lot of uh, pottery, fountains, wrought iron, teak, uh, all kinds of home decor items. And um, so uh, yeah, be sure to go by and check them out. Just uh, it's really a, it's hard to describe them because uh, all the different things they have in there, besides some of the headline stuff. Um, so yeah, be sure to check them out if you're here at the market. Let me let me tell you a little handy thing that I have a couple of from there. It's called a a, a pottery hose holder, hose H O S E, and you wind the hose up in it. Mm-hmm. It has a hole to go into the the uh, water source, and it it keeps you from having kinky hoses. Uh, rolling around all over the place, and they look good. Yeah, I was about to say the the aesthetics are very nice for yeah. those things. All right, well, Sam, appreciate it, buddy. Give all our right, best, uh, Miss Monica, and everybody. I'll do it, and uh, stay cool today, and hope we got some cooler weather coming. Oh uh, yeah, amen. Go get some of those grapes. That's right.
right. Muscadines. Thank you, my friend. All right, y'all. We'll talk to y'all later. Yes, sir. Take Sam care. McKeever out at State Farmers Market. Muscadine grapes, I love mm. them. But that, that oh, does make, remind me of fall. Well, I think sometimes we just, you know, as a seasonal vendor at the market, uh, I just have to say we're so lucky. I mean, the job that Sam and Monica and Billy do out there. Oh, my gosh. You don't realize. We yeah. were spoiled until you go around some of these other places in other states and go to what they call yeah. the farmers markets. That's right. When we you see the one we have in Raleigh, you realize we're in – as he yeah. used to say, high cotton. That's yeah. right. You pass one uh, if you're up between uh, up near Greensboro, heading toward Winston-Salem on 40. There's a nice one there. And, uh, of course, Asheville has one. Charlotte, I believe, has one, too. So, uh, yeah, go out and do business with our farmers. More of the Weekend Gardener straight ahead. It's 927. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF. Mike Rayleigh here along with Ann Clapp and Rufus Edmonston and Gerald Adams. And we're, uh, yeah, the group, 919-860-9783. Rufus taking calls left and right, cutting deals, talking to politicians, campaigning for something out in the hall no he was talking to the boss oh okay talking you were talking boss. to linda huh yeah okay uh 919-860 i'm campaigning for the kingdom of heaven there you go amen charles is in pittsburgh i had a gambler at s and t's at uh in pittsburgh yesterday charles oh it's a great place to come and eat oh i love it here. yeah uh, here. we don't have any room <laughs> so how can we help you today well, I have two things. First, I want to tell Rufus that I gave my mother-in-law a copy of his book. Uh, she's a farmer in Siler City, and uh, they really enjoyed it. Oh, well, thank you. That uh, I'm glad to hear that. That helps the Super, Super Kids. Kids Foundation I have. And that's available on Amazon and I'm sure Barnes & Noble. And uh, it, I know if you, if you ever go to that wonderful uh, North Carolina History Museum downtown, it's available. That's, I, that's one of my favorite gift shops. Is yeah. that in that history museum and, and Rufus's book is available there, and I'm sure a lot of other places. Uh, yeah, Quail Quarters, uh, Quail Ridge Books. Good yeah. history in his book too. Very, very, uh, very interesting read. Yeah, I wish he would write a second, but I know it's a that'll, chore. That'll, that'll have to be after long after I'm gone. Well, I'm someone I'll, should I'll should tell the good stuff. Yeah, tell the good stuff. <laughs> I'm serious. You know, maybe. Uh, Maybe if you bribed him with enough cigars, he might be willing to ride another. Uh, you know, I don't think so. He's he's used to used to getting cigars from from you know passersby. <laughs> I even pick them up off the street if they're not. Well, he's he's got one that it may still be lit out in the back parking lot beside his car. So if anybody is is interested, I'm sure he's willing to share. If you just cut it cut it in half, Rufus. Uh, so. But, uh, but I have a question that I've been wondering about for about 20 years, and uh, y'all discussed it today about milky spore working against the growth had me thinking it might be I call in about it. So I have a, a small acreage in Pittsburgh area near Jordan Lake, and I'm very proud. I'm a, I'm a very organic. I'm a beekeeper, so I, have a, I don't use pesticides and whatnot. But uh, I'm very proud of my lightning bug collection that I have every summer. Oh, wonderful. Uh, and... Uh, so I'm very. I'm wondering if I use milky spore for grub, Japanese beetle grub and whatnot, 
would that affect the life cycle of my lightning bug? Wow, That's what a great question. It is a good question. Because, I, you know, they're, they have larvae that they're grubs from before they turn into the beetles, so I just don't know if that milk and spore would affect well, I, what I don't know off the top of my head is where is, is, I guess, nesting is not the right word, but what location is the larva for the lightning? I mean, you're just putting the milky spore in the lawn, then that's the area that it's affecting. So I don't know. You know, some things look to go to do in mulch rather than in soil. So I'd, I'd have to do a little research to find out where the lightning bug larva likes to hang out at. If it's not in the lawn, then it certainly wouldn't be a problem uh, because right. that's why you have to so tediously put that milky spore in this little grid, uh, putting that bacteria so close together. So I, I, yeah. guess, I guess we need an entomologist to tell us where the larva is going to be happiest at for the lightning bugs. I'll, I just looked that up, uh, maybe from, I'm not sure if this is a milky spore site, but it's the first thing that came up person asked the question about uh, lightning bugs and honeybees, ladybugs, praying mantis, all of that. The right. expert response, I'm not sure, Tim Abbey is the one. I don't know who Tim is. Milky spore will not impact anything other than Japanese beetle larvae. However, it is not the most effective tool for managing Japanese beetles, so forth. So, okay, it, that's a good response, yeah. It Apparently, according to Tim Abbey, is uh, I don't know if he's a horticulturist or a pesticide expert or entomologist or whatever. And well, that's I'm, exactly what I needed to know because I, I'm very proud of my lightning bugs. I've had them for a couple of decades, and I don't want to do anything but harm them. So, uh, good to know. Well, you're very, very lucky. You know, when, if you live in the city, we have so many lights, you yeah. just don't get... Get as many, and uh, grandchildren and grandchildren love them so much. You like to catch them and then, then let them go. And uh, oh yeah, I used to catch jars full. Sure. Oh yeah, and uh, you make sure to let them out the next morning. I always. Oh yeah, them. yeah. Just open open up the jar after you get your fill. Thank you so much for your answer. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you very much, Charles. Thanks for listening. Thanks, thanks for being thanks a part for of the show. Thanks for giving the book to your folks. Yeah, that's, right. that's wonderful. <laughs> My pleasure. All right, bye. Yeah, more people should do that. Gosh, it's been a couple of years now. Yeah, it sure has. And and since uh, that that big gathering of hundreds of people at the North Carolina History Museum in the auditorium there, we had it filled to capacity and standing room only, and Rufus had a set time where he was supposed to sign autographs but Rufus's way is to he's be like Arnold to Palmer he, that's he's right. not going to the last one's done yeah <laughs> so he started well before he well because people were coming up and there was nobody to guard you you didn't have your SBI agents with you so there was nobody to guard you and and people were coming up to you and you were signing signing like a one-armed paper hanger well you did it yeah well, we sold over 200 books that night. Yeah. Very good. And they're still selling. So Amazon, uh, Quail Ridge Books in this area, all your favorite bookstores uh, would have uh, Rufus's book. And uh, that's Rufus. Yeah, that's Rufus. That's Rufus. Easy to find. You can Google it. And a lot of tidbits. Now, we don't, we don't 
tell the, all the behind-the-scenes stories from his years with uh, Senator Sam and as Attorney General and Secretary of State, but they are recorded somewhere deep in a vault. Some of them would have to be on cable. <laughs> oh my gosh all right nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. we were talking about sod warm season grass it's too late to plant a warm season seed it's too late to do seed yeah uh that should really be done in late may uh correct centipede and maybe and, early to middle june sometimes on that and some years we've warmed up that you might could start Early May, middle of May. Uh, one thing some people still overlook now, though, is killing the weeds in their warm season grass because a lot of those weeds are in blooming, seeding, going to put out more stuff to come up next year. You still have time, got some time to get. I think your Bermuda would actively run another 30 days maybe. Uh, so killing that weed, uh, this preventing you know the Bermuda from running through and filling in, that's kind of something you still need to do now because with as warm as it is at night, that Bermuda is still – all it needs is a little rain and it'll catch another gear. And that, I think, is the most reliable warm season grass. Yes. The only I, I the only nodge I give Bermuda over zoysia is that you don't see the grub problem in Bermuda as much as you do zoysia. And that, I mean, is grubs eat the roots of zoysia and kill little spots in it, size of your hand, and next thing you know, they're the size of a trash can and, and so on. It is possible to see that in Bermuda. I never saw it nearly as much as I saw it in zoysia. Uh, zoysia has so many different varieties now with the thickness of the blade from very skinny to similar to Bermuda to much wider to almost like centipede. So depending upon the style of blade, you do have more options with zoysia. But Bermuda is as close to idiot-proof as you can get in a grass, period. And if you are thinking, well, I haven't had a lot of luck with fescue. I have enough sun. I have at least six hours of sun. Why don't I go ahead and, and go to Super Sod or, or some other turf specialty place and get sod, get someone to put it in or do it, do it myself? You, how do we go about that if we have a fescue lawn we want to go ahead and do it? Uh, you, well, the first thing you knew, you need to kill out what you've got there uh, because you, if you lay sod over the top of existing grass and just say you had a mediocre stand, you're not going to get good contact with those roots to the soil. And for that sod to reroot and take off, uh, you've got to have the, the, the roots on the bottom of the piece of sod touching some dirt. Uh, so I always advocate go in and spray and kill everything. Uh, and if you've got still some clumps of dead grass in there after you spray, then you may, you may need to do a light teal or something to remove those. Sometimes you can burn it up with a weed eater and get it, but you want as much soil as possible. It doesn't have to be super-duper soft like if you were going to till up to sow a seed bed. Uh, in fact, you don't want it real soft because while you're putting the sod down and walking back over it, if you had tilled it up like you were uh, seeding alone, then when you walk over the side, you're going to put dents and impressions down in it, and it won't be as smooth uh, when you get through. There are a lot of people that still roll the sod after they put it down to ensure that they're getting the roots on the bottom of the sod mashed down into the soil as good as possible. And I think that's maybe... Uh, a 
maybe a little more important with fescue. Bermuda's tough. I mean, Bermuda figures out a way uh, to make do and grow, uh, but it's not that super complicated to do. Uh, I mean, most of the people that quote you a price on doing sod, there's the delivery of the sod, there's the price of the sod, there's the installation of the sod. Uh, if you've got access to a pickup truck, uh, you can haul one pallet of sod, which is 450 square feet in it. If not, go rent one from Home Depot or Lowe's uh, pickup truck, and you save a lot of money being able to do it yourself. In other words, you'll save 75% of the cost if you're able to do it yourself. Now, there are a lot of different um, Bermudas out there now, mm -hmm. uh, some really good ones. They don't look like the wire grass that, that you see coming up in your yard. But it is they that is an aggressive grass. So you've got to have some barriers. If you've got any shrubs, uh, flower beds, and so forth, there's somebody in my neighborhood I, I walk by, and they have a, some type of Bermuda that looks really good. But uh, they've had to make some barriers. Uh, that you're going to have to make uh, barriers or you're going to have to get friendly with a blade edger. Uh, yeah. Because if the Bermuda is going to Bermuda, I'll run across the top of concrete. <laughs> it will, literally. <laughs> for, for a certain distance this yeah. time of the year. So you have to keep that in mind. I mean, if you put in nice metal edging, if you put in now, you know, they can pour this little concrete edging is something people are doing more now. That gives you something to edge to as a guide and makes it easier, uh, but is is going to run. That's the difference in all warm season grasses compared to fescue, which pretty much is going to stay where you've seeded it at. Uh, it just goes with the territory. So it's not maintenance-free, uh, but not that difficult to do. But, you know, pretty much every time you cut it or every other time you cut it, uh, you're going to probably need to run a bed edger by, especially if it goes up to a sidewalk or goes up to a driveway. Mm -hmm. What about the folks who still have fescue, which turf specialists consider a temporary grass, but people really like it in this area. We're in kind of a transition area, but if we want to uh, continue with it, we're getting close to a time when we fertilize. We don't want to do it now. Uh, not quite yet. I mean, for me, I used to tell people all the time, start seeding uh, <clears throat> the middle of September or after the end of the first week of September, you can start reseeding with your fescue. Uh, global warming or whatever, <laughs> cyclical changes just seems like September's are warmer now than they have been in the past. Yeah. And in particular, it's the nighttime temperature. So sometimes you may be better off to wait to the latter part of September to start. Just kind of look at your forecast. Or, or if we're running way warmer than normal, in particular with the low temperatures at night, then maybe you put off from early September to late September to reseed. Because if you do it then, you can reseed right on through the month of October up to early November. So if you have an issue with your seeding, you can go back and touch up the areas and still get the seed up for that but i would <clears throat> encourage anyone with fescue if you have the ability to put in irrigation it will pay for itself in the long run because it is hard to have a good looking fescue lawn in the triangle area of north carolina if you don't have the ability to put an inch of water on it a week from june to september uh, and if you will put that irrigation in, you will see that you're not having to reseed it every single year because of what you lose dying out from dry weather or brown patch and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yes, it's, a, it's an extra expense, 
But if you have a shady lawn area and that's the only grass that will work for there, then I think you're better off to bite the bullet and go ahead and spend that money and put in the irrigation system. You will end up saving money, reseeding, and you will have a lawn that looks good 12 months out of the year instead of eight months out of the year. And you can certainly in September, early September if you want, mid-September, you can aerate. Uh, air- or even, or you can do a little tilling, actually. You, you can do a little tilling, especially, see, this is the one disadvantage of fescue. So you've had an area that's died out, you know, the size of a seat top or something like that. There's never going to be any grass there until you reseed yeah. again. So you're going to have to loosen up that soil uh, to be able to get those roots to establish. Fescue germinates and comes up very easily. Uh, but it's got to have loose enough soil that it can develop a root into, so you've got to do a little prep work for that. I used to go through, uh, I had issues, particularly at the governor's mansion, with all those big trees and roots up close to the ground, uh, and particularly the magnolia trees, and we'd go through and, and lightly till it, then we would top dress it with black cow, and then we would sow. So the seed in it, so we had enough of a loose base that when those seed popped up, that root system could get established. Right. If you don't do that, then you're 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 setting yourself up for failure. Sure. All right. And amazing. Back to the warm season grasses. I was walking. I, I walk a lot uh, for exercise, and I noticed that this uh, small, relatively small patch of lawn in a very heavily shaded area didn't look like fescue. I asked the, I, I said, that looks like centipede. I mean, is that lighter green? I asked the guy, he said, yeah, it's centipede. It should not be growing there. It just gets a little bit of filtered light. And I, I said, well, how, did you get sod? He said, no, he, he used seed. He, he, he seeded, uh, I was two or three years ago, he seeded in uh, like May or, or June. And it came up. Well, that's amazing. A, I'd be curious to know the particular variety, yeah, of cultivar of it. And two, sometimes I, I tell people the same thing when asked about blooming perennials and shrubs, growing tomatoes. How much light do you have? And when you're on the borderline, sometimes you just don't know till you try. Yeah, I have people, particularly with tomatoes. Well, my backyard, I get some filtered light. I said, do you get six hours a day? They say, well. I don't know, maybe four, maybe five. I'm not sure. I said, well, ultimately, you're going to have to give it a try and see how it works out. But that that would be uh, uh, good to know. Because yeah. I think he told me that he got it at one of the big box stores. Mm-hmm. He got, I mean, it's I think it's a Pennington seed. Right, right. But uh, there's a another gentleman who's had centipede for years and years, and it's in a sunny area, but he has it in a shadier area, too. Mm-hmm. It's not as... Not thick, as thick. Not as thick as enough. It's not as thick, but it looks good. It right. looks healthy. I, I was just, uh, I know that some of the zoysias can do that. Yes. Some of the older, like emerald, right. for instance. Right. Real fine textured uh, zoysias will do that. But gosh, centipede? I yeah, was that would be, I'm, I'm not, I've never used as much of all the warm season grasses. Centipede uh, is is not one that I have used as much. You tend to see it a little more as you go down east. You do a lot in sandier soil, yeah. uh, and it is lower maintenance than anything because it don't even like a lot of fertilizer. That's uh, right. Put put onto it as well. Doctor Shamley, who lived behind us, 
had it in his yard, installed it in his yard. It, it came over into my mother's yard, went all over. I mean, it, it covered the front and backyard eventually, and side yard. Uh, previously, I would have said uh, the Raleigh-St. Augustine grass was probably your best bet for mm-hmm. a warm season grass in a shady-type uh, situation or not enough sun kind of situation. But yeah. I, I do know, I don't know how far along they have, because uh, the, but I, I don't know... Uh, NC State has been working on some Bermuda that can supposedly take shadier locations. On one of these worldwide trips, they found some Bermuda growing in Africa up Mm. up under these giant shade trees. And there's been stuff going on for more than five years now working on that, trying to find if we can get something here. Uh, There are some of the zoysias, golf courses are using them because you know how sometimes tee boxes are stuck back in the edge of the woods. uh, And it's a a better grass for them because of the less sun. Uh, I have not used as many of those particular cultivars because I've usually, uh, if it got close on the amount of light, I just, you know, I've had to go with fescue. Yeah. But fescue is a lot of work and a lot of expense. It's a lot of work. All right, more of the Weekend Gardeners straight ahead here on WPTF. We'll talk to Skip, Ray, and Grace.